News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. And welcome to episode 40 of Queen City Nerve's News Hounds podcast. We are back after a short hiatus. And I am Ryan Pitkin, editor-in-chief at Queen City Nerve, and my co-host and publisher, Justin LaFrancois. I love being here every time I plan to be here for every podcast that we have. <laughs> wow, you really flipped it up this time. Usually it says, I almost didn't come to this one. <laughs> so that's exciting. We're already off to a great start. So today's issue, we're going to be talking about some some plans I had written about in our in our latest... Oh, wait. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about something I wrote about in our latest issue. But it is an issue. And it is an issue. Or a topic. It ep- yes. It's a theme. It's a theme. About a new proposed deal that's happening at the historic Morgan School in the Cherry neighborhood, right near Midtown. If you're not familiar, it's as you're coming down Kings Avenue, Cherry is a historic black neighborhood, platted in 1897 or 70? 1891. 1891. Yes. As a home for, a place to build homes for black workers in the city. And, you know, it's it's been through its, it's been through its, its changes over the years. And right now this is sort of a, is raising a discussion, this new proposed deal as to how to reuse the historic Morgan School, which closed as its original school in 1968 and has since gone through many different uses and has been empty since 2017 when the community community charter school had left that building. Now, I would uh, suggest that you go back and read the article for some context as to it, but we're going to we're going to cover it pretty well here. So it's not required reading. Oh, no, you better. I mean, yeah, definitely go read it. We At know who's point. listening. I'm just saying you don't have to. We can tr- literally track your IP address from you listening to this on Spotify right now. If you're driving, pull over, read the article on your phone, if and if you're on the highway. But we have two community members from Cherry who have different perspectives on this issue. Uh, we are not, it is not a debate. It is not a this person is against that person type of thing. It's going to be a conversation among folks who have different insight, different perspectives, different opinions on what can be done here at Morgan School. And uh, we have, first off, Aletha Burgess. You've been a Cherry Community resident for about four years, correct? That's correct, yeah. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. And we also have Mylon Platten. Mylon Patton, sorry. I always find a way. <laughs> I'm so familiar no with Mylon. I've been talking to him almost every day for a full <laughs> week and a half, and I just, I always find a way to mess up somebody's name. Mylon Patton, who has long roots in Cherry. Your mother, your grandmother was one of the found, founding me- members of the Cherry Community Organization, which we'll talk more about. Uh, your mother, Dr. Sylvia Biddle Patton, is a, uh, a leader in the Cherry Community Organization, and you yourself, uh, now at 20, are... are getting more actively involved all the time, it seems. Well, I'd say um, my mom is certainly a leader in the Cherry community, not mm-hmm. necessarily the organization, and mm-hmm. I as well. Uh, so just trying to learn as much as I can, but Absolutely. glad to be here as well. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. So there's a lot of different places we could start here yeah. with this. Let's start a little bit historically in some of the things. We just mentioned Cherry Community Organization, and I go into that in the... Well, no, let's, let's start here. Because what I write about is sort of a... Uh, two opposing views on what could possibly happen with this Cherry community, uh, with this Morgan School. And one of these viewpoints is from the Cherry Community Organization that I just uh, mentioned, or at least the Cherry Community Organization has stood up and said, 
you know, we would like to, we'll, we'll let you sort of describe what some of those goals are, what, what the Cherry Community Organization wants to do with the school and sort of claim ownership over it or claim, you know, I'll let you get into that further. And then there's also the proposed lease agreement that has come up recently with CMS, which currently owns the school, planning to potentially lease it out to Arts Plus, which is a local youth arts organization. And that has brought up just sort of differing viewpoints on what can be done, whether the school should stay quote unquote, unquote in the community, things like that. And that's sort of what we're here to discuss. Aletha had spoken at a recent uh, Mecklenburg County Board of Commissioners meeting in support of this Arts Plus deal and thinking, stating that, you know, you believe that this Arts Plus will be a great organization, great impact on the community. And Mylan has sort of been obviously with the Cherry Community Organization and stating we want to, we've been fighting for this for a long time to claim ownership over Morgan School. Cherry Community Organization acts as a, what is it, a community development corporation? Is that what it would be called? Sorry. CDC, you, the you community right. Development Corporation? Right. Well, it's um, non-HOA. So it's non-HOA. Right. And then it's also a community-based development organization. Right. That's so, that's what I was looking yeah. for. And in that, in that sense, sort of operates as a land trust where CCO does actually own properties and act as a organization that keeps those properties affordable so that folks can age out in these communities and not be priced out and things like that so do you um, want to speak on that yeah let's let's <laughs> let you sort of describe what the you know, cherry community organization is uh, all about yeah well um I think there is a first a common narrative that it's Cherry Community Organization versus the world, mm-hmm. Cherry Community Organization versus some other entity. I think we've been consistent in the fact that Cherry runs far and wide and that the Cherry Community Organization is not all encompassing in regards to this fight. There's been there's been a fight for Cherry even before the Cherry Community Organization was established in 1977. And when you look at what the Cherry Community Organization is, there's also stakeholders running far and wide from different communities who have suffered from displacement to um, even members within Cherry who are not necessarily voting members of the Cherry Community Organization or are involved in any sort of legislature or creating bylaws, but care about affordable housing and keeping the neighborhood as it was intended historically mm-hmm. for black working class and families to have a chance to own homes in a city and in a nation where that was so, where opportunities were so few and far in between. So with that being said, the Cherry Community Organization has stood up for that fight, Mm -hmm. for that fight as it relates to the historic Morgan School. And in terms of plans, you can see our eight-point plan and vision for the school at www.thehistoriccherry.com. And when I say we, I'm talking about the Cherry Community. I'm not a voting member or anything for CCO. But it has always been conceptualized as a community learning and resource center. And with the new craze in the nation being this 21st century community learning and resource center, we would like to merge it into that. You know, it's going to be a comprehensive education and resource center for the community. So if senior citizens want to find financial literacy, they can find it there. If they want to get get caught up to speed on their tapping and technology, they can find it there. If children want to, you know, find tutoring, they can find it there. If young adults want to get into workforce development, this is going to be all encompassing, including the arts, if, 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 that's, if, if that's a wish and goal for the community members. So yeah, first, chair runs far and wide. This is not just CCO's fight. And then second, um, I kind of spoke on the plan mm-hmm. about being a community le- learning and resource center, mm-hmm. maybe including the arts, maybe not, but not just including the arts, it being for the community. Right. Yes. And um, Aletha, we'll go, since he had just spoke sort of about the plan that 
uh, on a broad sense, what CCO envisions for this school. What? Give me your thoughts on to what your th- first thoughts were when you heard of these pl- this plan for Arts Plus, first of all, and, and sort of your thoughts. You spoke a little bit at the meeting about how you've viewed the school. You've been a four-year resident there in Cherry and, and things that have you've witnessed at the school. Your husband there, you know, pick out trash and stuff. It's been not in use. What, what were your thoughts when you first came aware of this Arts Plus plan? It, well, first, I kind of want to take a step closer, back. Closer. I want to kind of take a step back okay. first. Um, I think with Arts submitting a proposal to occupy the Morgan School, it's really kind of inflamed old conflicts within the neighborhood. So I just think it's more nuanced than just saying, do you support CCO or do you support Arts? So a great point, you know, Mylan's talking about Cherry Community. He's talking about the CCO. The CCO has bylaws that says Every voting member should be 18 years old or older or living in the community of Cherry. So when he says community and he's talking about Cherry community, there's an ongoing question in the community is who, who does that involve? Does it involve residents? Is there a prerequisite or a requirement to be a certain type of resident? Like who does that involve? So when a lot of residents hear this is for the Cherry community, a lot of questions are raised, well, who is, who is that exactly? And who does that include and who it doesn't include? So back to your point, when I heard about Arts Plus coming in, at that point, there had been no engagement or communication or anything about any other plan going into the, the school. So for me, I was excited to hear. Um, like I said, I live directly across the street from the school. My husband routinely picks up trash every week. Um, we've seen several arrests at the school because of drug activity and other illegal activity. I have two small children living right across the street. So I, my first you know, inclination, my first reaction was excited. Yes, finally, we can get something in the school and really restore the glory and the previous glory and the history of, of this school and, and, and have it to really serve a purpose for the community. So that was my first reaction when I when I saw that. Mm-hmm. And when you're speaking about old old tensions in the neighborhood, this inflaming some other disagreements, I mean, what I'm taking from that, maybe on, that you're referring to maybe disagreements between older and newer neighbors, is that what? I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. And Mylon, you feel free to, to give your perspective as mm-hmm. well. I mean, you're fifth generation, so you definitely have <laughs> more perspective on this. But I think so. I think there's been several kind of happenings in the community, one being Planned Parenthood, right? Mm-hmm. One, uh, developers wanting to give Cherry Community money for traffic abatement. We have the Morgan School. We have a previous charter school who wanted to move in. We want a historical society who want to move in. So there's several previous occurrences that have come up, and it's kind of the same dialogue that happens. It's unfortunate, but it's kind of like CCO, which is a select member I'm not quite sure how it gets determined of whose voice counts or doesn't count for that organization. And then everyone else who's kind of excluded from that organization. And it and it's unfortunate because I think a lot of people in the community want to support CCO. I think a lot of people in the community move there because of the rich historical aspect of Cherry. And I think a lot of people would support CCO owning the school, but there's just really no visibility and engagement into the plans or, I mean, there's so many people in the community with different skill sets that could really help move that plan along, but it just feels very exclusionary to a lot of people in the community. Maybe maybe I could touch on a couple of things in Mm -hmm. regards to the purpose of CCO and, of course, the Articles of Incorporation are 
public or more public and then the bylaws were actually, you know, they are not required to be public by law. There was there was actually another group of people who entered into the neighborhood a little bit earlier on who stayed for a short period of time who actually got an attorney to pull those bylaws up. Um, so with that being said, you know, the, the mission of CCO has always been to preserve the historical character of Cherry and to provide affordable housing to low and moderate income families. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I understand that CCO has kind of become the focus of this. Mm-hmm. I think this, the Morgan School and the, and the future of the Morgan School should be focused in this conversation a little bit more. But mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of how CCO operates, again, I am not a voting member. I've well, rather I've not voted before. I've not been involved in any sort of bylaws or legislature. I go sit down at the table. I come in with a spirit and thought of wanting to learn and wanting to help where I can, stepping back where I can, and you know that's how I've come to embrace not just my not just CCO mm. but my community at large. When when we when when there have been conversations about removing the bus stop in the Cherry neighborhood from many newer residents of the Cherry neighborhood saying that, you know, there are cars, you know, we have cars. This is discounting the fact that so many people do not have access to these cars and that so many people require the bus to get to places like dialysis. How then will they get to, mm-hmm. will they have transportation? Then there was another, there was another instance where the community corner store that has been in the community since 1930, mm-hmm. they were, av- you know, many who were newer this is not CCO versus anyone else. This is right. oftentimes legacy and stakeholders who understand the historical character of Cherry versus those who may not come into the come into the neighborhood and advocate and say, you know, we want this corner store removed. We want something else there. Keep in mind, it's been there since 1930, approaching 100 years. And when we talk about 10-minute walkable neighborhoods nowadays, that was the whole intention of Cherry. Cherry was forward in that. With the whole discrimination and pushing people aside, black folks aside, it was you had this neighborhood where you had everything at your disposal from community stores to corner stores where you could get groceries and whatnot to a school to a park. Everything was there. And now you're now you're advocating to take it away, to put in place, you know, wh- whatever have you, you know, mm-hmm. a cafe, a star, you know, a Starbucks even. That I, I, th- I think that rubs many older folks the wrong way. So when you get into discussions like these, I, there is certainly, as Ms. Aletha said, a continuance of the issues. But I think the crux of it is understanding the historical character of Cherry, which is something that CCO has always fought for. Mm-hmm. So, so when I'd say, I, I, th- I think when, when the question is asked, you know, how do we get involved in the fight? I say continue to understand and educate yourself on the history of this fight and, and understand that this is not a new fight. It is a longstanding one. And that the mission of CCO, as well as the mission of those who are stakeholders of historically black neighborhoods and Cherry, um, has always been to reclaim Morgan School for Cherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I agree. And I think the bus stop situation is an excellent example of how the community came together. There, you know, I was supportive of keeping the, the bus stop. There was a lot of new neighbors who were supportive of keeping the bus stop. I think that's a great example of how the community came together, had a unified kind of communication and said, you know, we want the bus stop to, to stay. And it ended up staying. But I think what you said, you have a seat at the table. A lot of people in the community don't have a seat at the table, regardless of how they try to have a seat at the table, whether they're humble and saying, how can you use our talents? 
um, whether they, they go to meetings and kind of listen and try and participate, they're, they're still not offered a seat at that table. And I absolutely agree with you. I think the conversation is bigger about the Morgan School. And that's why I struggle with this issue a little bit, because I think everyone in the neighborhood wants Morgan School to be occupied. They want Morgan School to be refurbished. They want Morgan School to have some sort of program that the community, community can utilize. And I think if that's the main goal we keep, I think we can get something in there that meets those goals. But I think where sometimes maybe we get sidetracked is it's, it's got to be a certain way. And I understand why. And I think you and I had a really good conversation before this. I completely understand why in the past wrongs and the, mis, you know, the, the broken promises. I understand all of that. Um, but I do think if, if we're talking about the Morgan School and we're saying we want to have a bigger vision and a bigger picture, I think it's going to require a lot of people on both sides to take a step back and kind of say, how do we achieve the bigger goal, which is Morgan School? You know what I mean? Um, I, I think in response to that, I'd also say the bigger goal is historic, you know, preserving and restoring the historical character of Cherry. Mm. Um, and I think to the point on meetings and having a seat at the table, this is not um, just me saying when decisions are made, because I'm often, you know, where can I help? The decision is made. How, how can I do the, you know, heavy lifting or um, speak to people, go to go, go with go throughout the neighborhood and um, speak about how affordable housing is important. That That's that's having a seat at the table. And there are many new members of you know, Cherry, new residents of Cherry who have been involved in more meetings than I have. You know, I, I've been in Chicago at the University of Chicago for the past couple of years, and then, I, of course, I remember sitting in the uh, s sitting in classrooms when I was a little boy when these meetings were being had. But I, I had no sort of understanding of the historical character of Cherry back then. But there are there are new residents who have had these seats to the table and have had conversations with leadership of CCO as well as legacy residents of Cherry. And oftentimes they were not they, they did not end really well because, again, you know, there, there may be some who, you know, enter into a space with humility and wanting to understand. And of course, each each individual in Cherry is one, one individual. You know, no one speaks for anybody else. But a lack of understanding of history, I think it rubs people the wrong way. Absolutely. Um, so, so nothing is necessarily closed off. Meetings have been had. And one thing that I think Commissioner Cotham had stated in your, mm -hmm. in your article that you did cover very well, mm -hmm. I believe, is that there was some sort of lack of leadership. You know, uh, imagine how that makes people feel. Platted in 1891, this organization established in 1977, it had been working to actually provide a bus for students who were living in Cherry even before 1977, and has persisted, you know, throughout gentrification, throughout displacement. So to say that there's a lack of leadership, I, I personally see it as disrespectful, and I'm not even in leadership. So imagine how, you know, many people like my grandmother, who's the last living, you know, uh, founder of CCO and other legacy residents feel about that, recognizing that we have people in power and politics who do not understand constituents and do not respect constituents enough to at least take a step back and say, you know what, I have not been to these meetings. I have not spoken to CCO. I have not spoken to legacy residents. So I will not speak 
on leadership or what I perceive as leadership. Mm. I, I, it, it hurts. It hurts because we, we expect more from our people in politics. So, yeah, that so, was, so that was a I'm harsh. Saying. That was a very harsh. I, I remember being in that meeting and that was a very harsh reaction. Um, I wonder if that's the pattern of county representatives, because that's two times in a year now that I've heard a county representative kind of discredit or shrug off shrug off yeah. an organization because they don't have an identified leadership and mm-hmm. jail support last year and the oh, sheriff right. is my he had yeah. said if you guys would just tell me who's leading this thing that we could have a conversation and not understanding that it's a collective entity that all you know the demands and goals are laid out but you don't want to take the time to consume them because it's not one person that you can have a handshake with and make a relationship with and know them. That's that's a bunch of bullshit. But it was also difficult in that meeting because you have several people in the community right on the call with such opposing views, right? So I think from the outside, it looks like we're disjointed and we're not all on the same page. So maybe from the outside, it looks like we're lacking not maybe leadership from a CCO perspective, but more show more so leadership unifying the neighborhood so there's one voice to say, this is what the community wants and this is what the community is supporting. Now, granted, I think in any community you live in, there's going to be disagreements. Nobody in a community is ever going to 100 percent agree with anything. But to get a community to a point to say, hey, we voted, we've discussed this here's what the community is backing and everyone kind of getting behind that. I think that might be what she was speaking to as well, just kind of seeing that disjointness on, on display. That's something I was curious about because I, when I met with uh, some CCO folks last Sunday, I, I, someone might have been uh, exaggerating. I can't remember who it was. It was Barbara or Dr. Sylvia or who, who it was that said this. But I don't know if this is embellished or not. That's why I wanted to get y'all's viewpoint on it. But someone said there's about six or seven neighborhood or six or seven groups within the neighborhood. Is that is that, is that about right? Well, we, there's there's many groups that many groups that HOA fees, okay. I believe, um, so, Crown View Condominiums Owners Association. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, the Grove at Cherry Homeowners Association. There is. Of course, the Cherry Neighborhood Association, which does not have any sort of HOA fees or anything mm-hmm. like that. And then you have the Oaks at Cherry, which was formerly Tall Oaks. They are not an HOA paying organization, but that's a group of affordable housing units. Um, and you have Cherry Gardens, which is affordable housing units for senior citizens. Yep. So Cherry is very, that's very complex. It's, it's exactly. very diverse. So, it's very complex. But Absolutely. but many of these, many of these um, residents at these affordable housing units find a home at CCO and as legacy residents of Cherry because they understand the mission of CCO. So uh, again, you know, I, I would certainly say that in, in terms, back, going back to your, you know, statement on county commissioners, you know, we've had Commissioner Mark Jarrell, who has been a really great advocate for the community and community dialogue. We've had, we, you know, I, I've known the former mayor, Patsy Kinsey, almost my entire life. And she was our council um, woman for a great number of years. Um, and she's been an advocate for Cherry. So we have, you know, advocates and people that understand communities and the complexity of communities. I think the Commissioner Cotham, I think based off of her comments, is not one of them. And it hurts to say that. But, but there, there have been advocates. Yeah. She thought people left too much trash behind after Woodstock, so it wasn't a good festival. So not always. Uh, <laughs> she was attacking potheads specifically. Uh, yeah, that was why I took it so personally. <laughs> but but I, I mean, I, it's, it's probably not just her who shares right. her sentiments yeah. and not, not, not necessarily on the county commission, but nationwide. This is not just a cherry 
This is not just a cherry thing. This is not well, thought, to cherry. This yeah, is thought, a nationwide thing. Mark Durrell was sort of on point when he said, when he made a motion to table this and, and give some time uh, before they were to do, it's a whole process as far as, basically, for lack of a better term, they, they were able to delay this process at this meeting. But his reason for doing so was that, you know, it's about more than this art plus deal. And this has turned into a microcosm and a symbol for other things that have been Absolutely. happening in Cherry over some time. Absolutely. And that's why I'm curious for just a, a broader insight from you, Aletha, as someone who's a relatively new neighbor in Cherry. Uh, I think an elephant in the room when it comes to all this talk about change in Cherry, one is income bracket in some of the homes that you see when you drive through there today compared to some of the homes in more of the front of the I don't know if you would call that the front or the back, but closer to Morgan School, you see some of the older homes. And then you go deeper into the neighborhood and you see some of these homes that are just look like an entirely different city. So the income bracket is one, but another elephant in the room is race. And that there are a lot of white folks moving into this neighborhood that was literally built for black people. And you yourself are not, for those listening on Spotify, in case you Depending didn't know. Depending on how well I'm code switching, they may not be. Right. And so, but just how do you approach that just as far as moving into a neighborhood that you know has this such a rich history? A lot of the folks, I don't want to say on your side because that's not what it is. A lot of the folks in your same boat that are moving in relatively new are white. Uh, You are not, you are moving in as a black woman into this historically black neighborhood and and aware of its history, I would hope. (laughs) I mean, how do you approach that? Yeah. That's a good question, but I got two things I want to say before that. Okay, yeah. Um, the first thing about you talked about Mark Jarrell and us taking a break before the next meeting. I think even leaving that meeting, there was division as far as what the next steps were. So I think some people left that meeting thinking the task was to go unite as a neighborhood, figure out what we want to support and back and then come back and, and say, hey, here's here's what we kind of negotiated with CMS or arts or whoever, and this is what the overall community is looking for. And I think some other people left the meeting with a completely different understanding with, let's go and put another plan together to, to represent. And I think that, again, it just kind of shows the ongoing theme that if we somehow don't figure out as a neighborhood to kind of get on the same page, there's always going to be reoccurring themes that come to the neighborhood that it's always going to feel like us versus them. And and me being a black woman, like you said, in this neighborhood, it it makes it I, I feel very conflicted. So one, because of my history and where I come from. So my family comes from low country. Mm-hmm. So for 500 years, both sides of my family, 14 mile radius outside of Buford is where all my family and roots is from. And in that area, there's like you mentioned, there's still a national issue. It's not necessarily gentrification, I guess you could call it, but it's a rezoning of land that was historically agriculturally zoned um, to be resort zoned after they acquire the property for a cheap price, push people off the, the land and then build these huge resorts in their place down in Hilton Head and mm-hmm. Low Country. So the, the understanding of how that system impacts black people is something I'm very aware of, something my father is very aware of, which is why he joined the military to even get us out of where we were to afford us more opportunities. So when I moved to Charlotte, Me and my husband searched around different neighborhoods to say, where do we want to live? 
And I hate to say it, but when we were doing research, a lot of people would, would point you into very predominantly white neighborhoods as safest and the best schools. And, and, and we said that's not where we want to raise our children. We want to raise our children around where they can be proud that they're black. Um, they can be proud of who they are, what they look like and feel very comfortable. And we found Cherry. And we read about all the history about Cherry. We read about the, the strong history there. And it, 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 when I read it, I got a sense of pride. And I'm not even, you know, I wasn't even part of it. And I said, that's somewhere I want to raise my children. But then when I got there, I feel like there was, there's just been a lot of conflicts. And again, for me, it's very uncomfortable because I'm one of the only black families in one of the newer homes, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's a very uncomfortable situation because we moved in there for diversity. And yet, we, I think we kind of got the opposite, which is kind of heartbreaking for us and our family. But I have a lot of friends and peers throughout Charlotte, and it's the same conflict in every neighborhood. Right. It's the same conflict. Um, maybe newer black people moving into historically black neighborhoods, and there's still that conflict there. Um, so I've, I've depend, depended on a lot of my peers and other people in other neighborhoods like Greer Heights to kind of talk about you know, how are you handling this? How are you doing this? How are, how are you? And the main thing everyone always says is show some respect to the legacy residents, understand the history, which is something I think I've done and I think a lot of my neighbors have done. But at the same time, it's kind of like, how do we support people who have been done wrong? And there's a lot of mistrust. How do you support and engage with that if, if you don't have any visibility to, to what is wanted or what is being driven. So for example, that community meeting was the first time I really even knew what was a proposal. I didn't even know there was an alternative solution at that point. I think a day before that, we saw the website, which kind of showed the eight point plan you talked about. Before that, the only communication I know I and a lot of other neighbors received was from Arts Plus. They were out on the street on Saturday saying, come talk to us, we'll talk to you about our plan. Come learn about our plan. And at that point, that's the only thing a lot of neighbors knew. That was the only plan they knew that was on the table. So when some of us went into that community meeting or that commissioner's meeting, we were kind of like, you know, thrown off a little bit because we were like, we didn't even realize there was another plan being pursued. And if we had an opportunity to support that beforehand, that is something I think a lot of people would have preferred to do. So it's just... A lot of nuances. Right. <laughs> certainly, certainly uh, nuanced and uh, yeah. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at blumenthalarts.org slash Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
it's just a lot of nuances. All right. <laughs> certainly um, nuanced. And I, I think yeah. leaving, leaving the meeting, there was, I think, uncertainty because many of the legacy residents felt like they were not understood. There was, there was a common theme pervade that, you know, we understand, but, or we understand, but the whole point of, you know, the CCO and the plan for Morgan School was to reclaim Morgan School for Cherry. And anything outside of that, whether it be Arts Plus coming in on a lease um, for nine for nine years and 11 months, and whether, whether CCO or whatever entity might be able to kick them out, whatever time, anything outside of Cherry re, being able to reclaim Morgan School as, as it is fought for since 1976 is, is something that we will not support. So any sort of efforts on a compromise, that's, that's something that just demonstrates that there's not a complete understanding of Cherry's history and the fight for Morgan School. So with that being said, there have been plans to organize and create a capital campaign, just as Arts Plus was given the opportunity to, to expand on messaging, just as Arts Plus was given the opportunity to. And I, I did want to touch on something else, but I, I, I think it's- I talked too long. No, 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 worry, no, no worries at all. Um, and in regards to being at the room and having these conversations, a big thing about gentrification is also understanding the trauma that comes with gentrification and displacement. The neighborhood looks very little like the neighborhood that I grew up in when I was one, two years old. Many houses have replaced the affordable housing units and low to middle income family units that existed beforehand. And entering into a space, attempting to, as we've seen oftentimes at the bus stop and the corner store, impose your will and your thoughts on the community at large. That rubs people the wrong way, especially considering the fact there are many families still in the neighborhood who have family members who have been forcibly displaced from the neighborhood and now are being, those units and those spaces are being inhabited by the very same people who are entering in, attempting to impose. Mm. There are houses in the neighborhood now that are approaching $1 million. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that would have been inconceivable. That just shows how quickly gentrification moves. So it is much, you know, it's certainly much more nuanced than your average um, neighborhood in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And this, this is why the fight that CCO has taken on is so important um, and the, that many Cherry residents have taken on is so important. But in regards to compromise, you know, we had this, we had this conversation. We've had it with commissioners. I've had it with you, yeah. Miss Aletha. It's, it's there, there's, there's, you know, in, in compromising, it just diminishes the mission of CCO and the fight for Morgan School. Whatever organization will go into Morgan School. Right. And I think an important part of context that I covered a little bit in the article, but just to give folks like a piece of context, because you talked about that trauma and people people think of trauma almost historically when it comes to gentrification and what happened in 1968 when they closed Morgan School. or And that even was not that long ago, uh, technically. You know, your mother was attending school when it closed. But this thing that happened only 14 years ago in terms of a house flipper coming in and buying these properties with the promised intent contracts, promising to keep these 16 units of affordable housing and then sort of turning his back and selling it to Salsi Burbank and, and those lots are all gone and the people who live there are gone. And it was later found to be, you know, there was a settlement because it was later found to be unfair and deceptive practices by this man who made these promises or his company. And... 
the but the but the but that property's gone regardless and that in itself is is traumatic for an organization i think that gives context as to why the organization uh, the community organization does not want to you know you know that just i don't know it to me that resonated as a, something that it was like oh okay these people have have, have just been through this recently. Absolutely, yeah. recent and also historic. You know, and there have been. have to wake up there, and see it. And, and there's, day. yeah, exactly. And there's documentation even dating back to 1984, 1983 or so in the Charlotte Observer or the Charlotte News that shows that the Cherry community has been fighting for this building to be used as a community education center for you know, almost 40 some years. Mm -hmm. So this is not a new development. It was not, you know, hidden in the coffers and it occurs in multiple instances um, in newspaper documentation. So it's not anything that is top secret or anything. And in terms of what we were talking about just before that with the leaving the meeting, uh, I think even County Manager Dina Diario said, it's my understanding that we're going to leave here and, and try to get these two groups talking about what can be a compromise. And from what you just said, that's not really the uh, that's not really the conversation. Um, so as far as I know, you're not here to be a spokesperson for CCO by any means. But as far as how you, you see it, the this opportunity for what's it going to do? Have they set a date for the new, the next time it returns? May 18th. May 18th um, will be the next. So as far as up to May 18th, your pure focus is on. This cap, this campaign, community support, this eight-point campaign that you guys have put into the historic historiccherry.com. Well, I, I wouldn't say pure focus. You know, I'm sitting right. here at, at the table with you know Miss Aletha, and I know we've been on different sides of this conversation, you know, dating back to the previous county commission meeting. But I, I, I think we we really do need to stay focused mm. on this fight for Morgan School and realize that this is not going to be the last fight. We, 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 we had this in conversation. This is the last stand right now, but come come a couple months from now, it'll be another it'll last be stand. Mm -hmm. it, it, exactly. So um, so it's kind of like, how do, yeah. you, how do you build that relationship so that those upcoming stances that the community will have to make, we can be stronger doing that because we're more unified. I think to me, that was the biggest takeaway from that county commissioner meeting is, hey, at some point, and again, I understand the hurt because I'm even further conflicted because I live in one of those homes you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So I understand the hurt. But I think one thing that I think will break my heart even further is if things progress with the Morgan School and CCO and legacy residents don't have any voice into that path if that happens. I think that's the part that I think is even more disheartening is that I absolutely support and agree the eight-point plan and CCO should own, own the Morgan School. But if that doesn't happen, is there a plan B? And does that plan B look like it's all or nothing? And I, and I feel like that's, I understand because we talked about this and you pretty much told me, you know, the, the history in the past, no, there's no compromise because, you know, we've got to put our foot down, right? We've got to stand up for it. And I get that. But then by doing that, are you going to miss an opportunity to have something? And I know that doesn't, that rings hollow. I know that. But that, that's my even more concern is after all this plays out, is there going to be even a further deflation because there, there was nothing in that plan B to kind of help progress this plan along? I, I think in terms of funding and the, the, the funding will be there, not, not, just, not just from people who are advocates of Cherry, stakeholders from, you know, Second Ward to Biddleville and 
other neighborhoods and other schools who alumni and whatnot, but also at the federal level. You, you, you look at what President Biden has been talking about in regards to restorative justice funding. You look at the state level. We've are, we already have local um, preser- historic preservation from the Historic Landmarks Commission, and the community has already began to seek national historic landmark preservation. And um, that, that's, our, that's our goal as well, to preserve the building, because with that comes the funding. Mm-hmm. And the funding is there in abundance. I, th- I, th- I think the, the main goal is to get the building. And we would love to have many of the new residents on board. But I, I, I think that it comes down to understanding the mission of charity, preserving the historical character. Yep. Arts Plus in no way, shape or form preserves the historical character of Cherry. That's an organization. And I know we haven't mentioned them a lot, you know, in the mm-hmm. conversation. And it's it's not necessarily about arts plus you know i i personally wish them the best i know they were displaced i hope they were, are able to continue their mission very well but at the end of the day it's about cherry being um, given promises being delayed promises and being denied promises for over 40 some years yes yeah, so, so so that that's that's the fight and we would love to have everyone on board cherry far and wide but i think we have to be cognizant and understanding of our mission so then I guess the next meeting, right, because I think in the previous meeting, I think county commissioners were pretty transparent with that they have no intention to buy the school. In the next meeting, if if a plan or a proposal isn't presented, how, how I'm just kind of curious, like how what is the plan? Like what is what is the the, the action at that that county commissioners meeting that would derail the Arts Plus signing the lease with CMS, right? Because I think from what I see is we'd go back to the county commissioner, we'd probably have the same conversation. The county commissioners will say, you know, we're not looking to buy the property. Then I think it would continue down that path, right? I mean, is is CMS at the table? Are they saying that they're open to a conversation? Or that's that's what I'm saying. That's my fear is that even if you come together and you and you have something to show the county commissioners, they they I don't know if their stance is going to change about buying the building. And then how does that change the next steps that would happen? Yes. Um, so to to my understanding, yeah, I com- completely understand um, what were your questions on next steps in, in regards to county commission, because I think they did make themselves clear and that they, they have no interest in they're not in the business of buying buildings and giving them to communities or selling them to, to communities or utilizing them as community centers. I think to my understanding, the next step or the current step is to present a proposal and to enter into negotiations with CMS. So now that we have an understanding that that the moratorium is lifted, and another thing that was mentioned was that board member Miss Carol Sawyer had said that there was no sort of moratorium or anything like that. There's documentation that states that CMS was not either leasing or selling the building to Cherry. So again, I think that it's just an understanding of the historical character of Cherry and the longstanding fight for this building. But with that being said, entering into negotiations with CMS now that we know that the moratorium has been lifted, okay. combined with that capital campaign, um, and hopefully May 18th, we can we can stand in solidarity around that. Because that. that's, that's a critical piece, I think, of information that's missing from a lot of neighbors is that we're really trying to struggle and what what is the path forward so that's very helpful for you to say no the next step is to negotiate with cms and 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 this is also rapidly developing for even me who might be a little bit more proximate to 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 this understanding that cms has even since the meeting 
kind of stayed silent. So, so, and, and then even stayed silent beforehand. Mm-hmm. So we, we've been shut out as a community to this. Well, well, I don't know who they've been in conversation with in the Cherry community, but at least the legacy residents mm-hmm. and CCO have been shut out of conversations in regards to Morgan School. So yeah, it, it, yeah, I would certainly reiterate that and would love to have, you know, your support, even understanding the, you know, the history of Cherry in this fight for Morgan School. How long was the moratorium? Oh my goodness. Um, so I'm assuming it was a long time. When did the conversations around figuring out what was going to happen with the school next start? How long ago was that? Goodness. They became public in January. You mean Arts Plus? Arts deal? Plus or anybody. Just what we're talking about right here. I'm, I'm having a real hard time following. Yeah. I, just, I just read about this this morning. I've, to, to be completely honest, I've never even been in the Cherry neighborhood. I don't, I've never seen a school, so I'm just trying to, for you listening, I'm, I'm helping you out if you were in the same boat as me. Well, first of all, we'd love to have you one day. You're <laughs> That'd always, be great. You're always invited. That would um, be great. And, and I'm certainly not the resident historian or anything like that. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. I just, I'm just curious how long these conversations conversations have been going on in regards to arts plus and, the- and cco or the cherry neighborhood or one of those eight organizations that you name <laughs> owning the school how long has that conversation been happening in, in regards to arts plus specifically the cherry community organization and many residents heard about the lease agreement being you know finalized and being sent off very very late january yeah okay when um, when was then- the moratorium lifted Rather that than was when long. they figured out. I think so that was back in January a, as well. Source of debate. Well, right. that's well, sort of well I, I think no one. I think that would be a question, a great question to ask Miss Carol Sawyer or mm-hmm. CMS, because as soon as the moratorium would have been lifted, Cherry the Cherry would have been yeah. creating plans to have a seat at that table. So it's basically been less than six months. Yeah. Well, in, in regards to what? <laughs> I have when no started, idea. It depends on when they started talking to Arts Plus. Sure. But to answer your other question, they have so, a, a good documentation. Of they've, been at, they've been trying to reclaim the school since the 80s at, or 70s. 70s. 77. Yes. But so what you're saying is that CMS wouldn't sell it? Is that what was happening? Right. Yeah. And then so that's, that's gone. Or lease. Mm-hmm. Or, or lease. lease. But I, now I, they... But, I, I think the, the, the narrative that was created, I think, right. by Ms. So, Ms. Sawyer is that, oh, you were always able to lease it. Right. I mean, That's what I she mean, told I mean, me. I mean, come, come on. Well, it, if, had to be, if, it had to be educationally right. like, geared toward. It was, if the whole yeah. fight has been to reclaim Morgan School for Cherry, and then there is an opportunity to lease this building that has not been used for, for a number of years and was even used as a K-9 education center. I mean, you talk yeah. about education mm-hmm. centers. They train canines in that building as well. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you not think that, chair, that the Cherry community would jump at that opportunity? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, there, was, there was miscommunication, and I think there was some hidden information. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about something completely different, though. So, so it's been less than six months, basically, mm-hmm. it sounds like, that it's been available to be purchased or leased. Though it sounds leased. like the Leased. Not leased. purchased. Not, not purchased. purchased. Just leased. Leased. Mm-hmm. From CMS. Mm-hmm. Correct. Sounds like the county doesn't want to do that. The community does want to do that if they have the money. And, like, they're talking about this next meeting being on May 18th. Why does everything have to happen so fast is my concern. Like, it sounds like there are a ton of people that have to have these conversations and then a ton of people that have to listen to them. And everything is on such a short deadline. Like, 
It's been going on forever, which I understand can cause a lot of uh, stress and trauma and pain and trying to figure out an understanding. And then you have all these new people moving in who, just like you guys are saying, don't understand the history, don't understand the legacy. They're purchasing houses that raise everybody else's property values. And then eventually all the legacy people will probably end up out before there's ever even a decision made with the school. Sure. Cool. But like, why... Why does everything have to like if there if there are so many moving parts to it? Why not give it a year? So I think there's two critical pieces. One, Arts Plus is being displaced, and they have to find a new building by the end of the year. Okay. So they started looking for buildings immediately. Immediately, sure. they looked at Morgan School, engaged with CMS, said, "Hey, we'd like to okay. lease it." That's one aspect. That's why they're on a time crunch. Okay. The second aspect I think is. A lot of people in the community have seen Morgan School be vacant for several years. Mm -hmm. There have been several proposals in the past to fill it that were kind of shot down. And I think people really want to have that building occupied. Soon. But soon. But I think another piece of that is I don't think a lot of people realized as well that there was a plan or proposal from CCO. And I think. In place already. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and we do. Uh, I just wanted to make sure to be clear that the the Mecklenburg County Commissioners aren't even making this decision. They had a right to refusal, and that's all they met about yeah. the other day. So they either. So can all they buy said it. was, "We'll delay on whether we refuse this or yeah. not." But and so the they right haven't of, even refused the purchase right. or leasing. Yeah. So the they right of the refusal is meaning we'll buy it, or yeah. nope, we don't want to buy it. Yeah. You continue doing what you want. But in that meeting, to your point, they're saying, "Why is this so rushed? The community needs an opportunity to talk through this. Yeah, people need to, you know, actually communicate." I feel like I see that yeah. on every yeah. issue. Period. And I Doesn't matter what it is. Pretty sure every commissioner except for Pat Cotham voted to table it. Every. So every, they're all agreeing that we don't need to rush. This. Yeah, it's and just like the. Well, okay, I don't want to say it's just like the comprehensive plan because they had been working on it for years and none of the council members have read it <laughs> at the time that they started bringing it up this year. But they were just like. Well, we're going to vote on this in like in like 30 days or something. Uh, and it's mm -hmm. like, it's obvious that you guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you give it a year? It's a 20-year plan. I think it'll be all right. Just call it the 2041 comprehensive plan. It'll be all right. 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 But, but we certainly appreciate the time that was at least given to us to have these dialogues and sure. conversations. And in regards to RS Plus, we certainly understand. We understand displacement far too well. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm hopeful that RS Plus can find a home. Um, but for us, this is our only place. We are not able to have a community center anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I mean, we, we understand displacement, but you know, we have to be steadfast. I think there's other properties available in the community that you can have a community center. There's other open property, I think, that CCO owns that could be revitalized to a community center. I think there's a property that's listed as their headquarters that's not occupied now that could be used. There's several, I think, lots that could be used. So I think there are other opportunities, but at the same time, I understand that Morgan School and the significance of that. So I, I totally get that. And that other facet of CCO is to provide affordable housing to low and moderate income families, and houses are being refurbished and revitalized and created as we, you know, as we speak for that. So I think a lot of those lots are being used for that, and this fight for Morgan School to be used as a community center specifically is on record for 40 some years. Um, and ours, there, there are many other places that Ars Plus can go to. Ars Plus even had an opportunity to return back to the building that they were originally displaced from. So, so the notion that they have nowhere else to go 
is, I, I think, a bit misleading as well. I think that's the notion we were given a bit earlier on in the game, mm-hmm. but I forgot right, the name. I did hear yeah. commissioners say that, that I, they are allowed to go back to Spirit I, Square. I, I they might just the lose a little yeah. space or something. I don't yeah. know. They are allowed to go back. Right. Well, also, it'll be under construction for... Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But, but, yeah, but we do. But we do certainly agree yeah. that we want something in there soon. Yeah, um, and we can certainly agree on that. Right. But what? yeah, I mean, there you you mentioned you know having the the priority to to have low income housing. But yeah, there there I know that one building has been empty since I've moved there, and it it's deteriorating like the Morgan School. So it kind of also raised the question if. Those buildings are deteriorating. Morgan School is deteriorating. And the same people who own the other buildings who are deteriorating want to own this one. How do you show that, yes, you can maintain that building if, if there's other buildings in the neighborhood that, that really haven't been maintained? Well, uh, again, I'm not any sort of spokesperson for CCO. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not very... Um, I, I don't really know the building that you have in question. That it's is, right um, across really the street from the store. It's labeled as CCO headquarters. It's on the corner gotcha. of, what is that, Baxter and I forget the other cross street. Okay. But it's well, directly I, across the street from the store. I, I would say that you should point to, first and foremost, Cherry Gardens that is used as affordable housing units for senior citizens. I think CCO led the way on that. And then you can also point to the affordable housing, the staying power of affordable housing for the past 40 some years mm-hmm. to the evidence that CCO will be able to handle this fight. And I think at the end of the day, I think another point on the eight point plan is that there will be a separate 501c3 right. um, created specifically for Morgan School. So no yep. funds will be commingled between CCO and, yep. and Morgan School. I think now the time crunch we've been provided needs a sense of urgency right. on that. So even, this is why CCO is taking those other the buildings fight. aren't owned by CCO right now, right? They're owned by in Livian, right? They're owned by other people. So I think that's another aspect to it is can can you like you said be an advocate for restoring Cherry and also an advocate for low income housing, but do you have to own it? Because in the two examples you gave, you know, CCO doesn't own those buildings. And even even the units um, off of Luther and I, I don't know many of the streets that are specifically owned by CCO that are being leased out to members of Cherry who have been displaced, who have been provided the opportunity to come back. I think the evidence that CCO is achieving its mission is very evident. And even if you take a drive through Cherry, you will see that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's evident that. they can achieve that with owning and also partnering with people to, to achieve that vision. That's the only thing I was saying. Yes, there's some buildings they own, but the two you mentioned previously, they don't. But they still are achieving their goals, right, of affordable housing without owning those buildings. But so, again, this isn't about CCO though. I, this is not CCO's fight. This is CCO plus stakeholders plus legacy members. You know, I, I said this a bit earlier on, you know, there, there will be a separate 501c3 foundation for specifically for the school. But in this fight, CCO has taken on, it is to reclaim Morgan School for Cherry. So any sort of partnership that does not have Cherry provide the terms of engagement or the terms of participation, um, give, giving Cherry the microphone is, is, is one that we can't, you know, is that we, we will not support. So CCO isn't looking to build the building. CCO is looking to create a 501C to purchase the building. Is that what you're saying? 
there there will be a separate 501c3 foundation specifically to run you know run the funding for the school once once everything is in order okay. which is which which um a process which was not able to be you know really started and put into completion because of the short timeline we were given late January about the purchase of the school but the plan that's going to negotiate with CMS CCO is putting together that plan correct to, to negotiate with CMS okay. yes gotcha. correct okay one Correct. thing I want to back up and, and tie up a loose end before we get out of here is this is completely unrelated, but it's related. Where does that corner store controversy sit? Because <laughs> they, they're still there, right? Oh, no, I got questions about the bus stop, too, the when we're stop. done with the corner store. I, I, I remember the, the grocery store when I first moved here, mm -hmm. and there were residents that were like, no, we don't want a liquor store there, even though there's a liquor store or liquor being sold at the gas station right down mm. the street and Target. And mm. I mean, we're surrounded by alcohol sales, but there was a, a couple of people, I think, that were pretty adamant saying we don't want alcohol in there. Mm. And I think a lot of the legacy residents were like, well, who do you think you are can tell us we can't have alcohol in our own store that we've right. had forever? So I, I remember that controversy because I was there, I think, and as soon as I moved in. That's still there, right? The yes. store is still okay. there. Yeah. That's what I thought. And the barbershop. Is that the blue? Yeah, yeah, yeah with the barbershop. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. that's where I went. Those are the first Cherry residents I met in 2017 when I first started reporting on Morgan. I just went in really? there and started hanging out in the barbershop. Because, you know, <laughs> if you're you reporting a on a neighborhood, I did not did get a get, cut. Did you support the neighborhood? Did I you did. get a cut? I went to the store. <laughs> All right. I supported the neighborhood. Did not get a cut. But I knew that if I was wanting to interview some folks, that's the first place to go is the barbershop. <laughs> But uh, no, I'm glad to hear. I, I didn't know if they had shut it down or no, not. That's Even there. with all these changes going on, the I guess the, um, the layout of Cherry has really remained the same since its um, inception. Right. How did this bus stop obstruct the living of new residents? Why, why did people want to get rid of that? I don't think it was new residents who initiated that. Ooh, I think the happened? Department of Transportation were trying to find routes to cut out to oh, save money. Wow. And then the neighborhood found out they were taking out the bus stop and they said, the oh, government. Wait, wait a minute you know it's the government it's always the government <laughs> all right well i thought people been... just didn't want to drive behind the... i fucking hate driving behind buses yeah but i like bus stops bus stops are always good <laughs> accessibility look you um, can see when the bus can stop it says i'm stopping and it's a bus tempo, so it's probably yeah. gonna stop soon get around it one way or another as long as you don't put those bus lanes in, because East Charlotte oh, people God, get pissed. No, That's a whole other podcast. Lanes. Yeah. People would get, I just drive in it. People would go into city council meetings like I'm, screaming. I'm, I'm bussing myself up yeah. the street. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we really appreciate it. I've learned a lot. This gives just further, further context on it. And I'm glad that you guys are both able to come and, and chat and share your uh, perspectives. By the end of this weekend, I'm going to know everything about Cherry Yes. We have another podcast. Just, you guys are going to see more than anything. I just want to give Mylon a shout out. Like, you, thank you so much for engaging. You've always been very open and trying to engage. I mean, I just think you're a very brilliant person and i mean he's in school right now you're just you're just doing so many wonderful things so i just want to make sure regardless of how this conversation goes you know that i have the most utmost respect for you thank you so much for your yeah. time words mm -hmm. i appreciate it and, yeah. and thank you for being at the table uh, with me as well as ryan thank you for for bringing us to the table for this conversation yes yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those like we we mentioned multiple times in this we're talking very specific here but this whole issue the reason i grew, drew interest in it is because it's a sort of a microcosm of something Bigger. things that are happening bigger throughout the city and 
Reach out to me if it's happening in your neighborhood with a specific <laughs> issue that you'd like to talk to me about. Oh, be specific, though. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> They'll just say, uh, me. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys both so much for coming in. We'll we'll be following this as it, as it, as it develops, as they say in the news world. So stay tuned to Queen City Nerd for that. But thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. All thanks right. for listening. Thanks All for right. having us.